So I decided to talk about a subject near and dear to my heart. I'm a big fan of college football. Uh, my favorite team is the University of Alabama at Birmingham. The Blazers, UAB, uh, they are doing great. They were a casualty of the college football wars a few years ago, but they're back now. Thank God for that. Um, we can talk about that on a whole other show. But today I want to talk about college football and some of the things that have happened in the past year that will be critical to the future of college football. Number one, let's talk about this right now because this happened just last week. Texas and Oklahoma have decided to leave the Big 12 and come to the SEC. They're joining the SEC. Yes, more mighty teams are joining the SEC at this point. I call them the big hits. Texas, Oklahoma, Alabama, Auburn, um, you can say Ohio State, Michigan. Those are the big teams, uh, even Notre Dame. Those are the big teams in college football. What most people do not understand about college football are the different levels of football. There's FBS, FCS, then there's Division II and Division III. FBS is the level in which folks like Alabama play. But what most folks don't understand about FBS level, there's 135 teams. So UAB is actually in the same level and is an FBS school and therefore is on the same level as in that regards as Alabama and Auburn. Now, player-wise, they're probably not on the same level. But and they, and they have a different level of competition they play. So the FBS is further broken up by, it's really a fictional uh, breakup line. It's called the Power Five and the Group of Five. The Group of Five is what is where UAB plays. The Power Five is where someone like Alabama, Michigan, or Ohio State would play in. That are Those are the two big groups. So there are what we call Power Five uh, conferences. That's the Pac-12, Big 12, Big 10, uh, ACC and the SEC. Those are the big conferences. Now, there's also the AAC, which is kind of in between. It's got teams that have enough talent where they can challenge some of these FBS teams and have beaten them in the past. Like Auburn a few years ago got beaten by uh, Central Florida in, uh, I believe it was the Sugar Bowl. And they also get an, more of an opportunity to get in the big bowl games. Now, it could any given Saturday, a team could beat another Saturday. Now, uh, another team, and I say that all the time. Any given Saturday, this can happen. As a former football player, you always believe you can beat the other guy because he puts his pads on the same way you do. Um, that being said, that's just all football talk. So, that was a basic understanding of what's going on. So, like I said, Oklahoma and Texas are moving to the SEC. This is causing a big upheaval in the football world, basically. The reason why I say it's causing a big upheaval in the football people is because now people are talking about the growth of super conferences and teams moving here and there. And then Big 12 has got to fill in the gap for the two big teams they just lost, Oklahoma and Texas. So that means that teams may be moving from the ACC, may be moving from... Uh, Conference USA, they may be moving from other divisions as well. Now, I'm going to break it down like this. Let's start here with the big boys. So, let's say the ACC. It's also been rumored that Clemson and Florida State are trying to get into the SEC, but the SEC has said that they are not interested at this time in any further expansion. 
But they they nailed two teams they really wanted, which was Texas and Oklahoma. They got them in the SEC. It's definitely Southeastern football. They've got the, the guys with the most money together. That's what's going on there. Now, here's another issue. And why I was talking about FBS in the group of five. Group of five schools usually don't have that much money to invest in their football programs. Not as much as the billions of dollars that go into people like Alabama and Auburn. It may be millions of dollars that go into a UAB or a Central Florida or a Troy University. Those schools get less money on their foot on the football side. And of course, you know, their crowds average anywhere from 15 to 30,000, whereas the big boys' crowds average anywhere from 30 to 100,000 in their stadiums. So those are just different disparaging numbers that you have to look at when it comes to football. So cutting costs becomes an issue. So here's something I'm bringing up. So my friends and I have been talking about football, and a lot of people are like, what's going to happen to the smaller conference? UAB wants to move up a little bit. They want to go to the ACC if they can. But it may be more beneficial to create a regional conference. What I mean, that's less travels. It costs less to travel on a bus than it does on an airplane. And that could help a lot in in terms of travel. So let's say Alabama, uh, UAB gets into a uh, conference with teams like Troy, uh, Memphis, maybe even with Georgia Southern, Georgia State, teams like that, um, Southern Miss, uh, people that can have, they can also create regional rivalries. That can generate fan base and money as well. So you want to have those things. So if that's what we're aiming at, it, that's something that we have to think about as a smaller college. Now, you could get into the ACC, but here comes the issue. Now comes travel. You got to go to places like Cincinnati. That's a long-distance travel for a team like UAB, you know, uh, or a team like uh, even Memphis now. You know, Memphis is moving up in the world since they went to the ACC. Their, their football team's getting more money. They're getting more people coming to the game. That's why UAB wants to move into the ACC because it's more opportunities. Plus, our basketball program is globally known as well um you're trying to move into a higher division to try to produce more now there's been some rumors also that the acc is you looking at uab to join them that would be a huge move and also uh logistical issues could appear there it's more likely a team like notre dame will finally join the acc instead of just playing acc games and, and and being an independent that is more likely to happen than um, UAB actually becoming a, a member of the ACC. Now, AAC, on the other hand, there is a chance that UAB could become a member as other members are being either picked off by the Big 12 or the ACC. So as more members are moving up elsewhere, then comes UAB. But then comes that other question, is this going to be a good move for UAB? Because who moves with UAB? Maybe Southern Miss. Uh, maybe Marshall moves over to the ACC. It's a lot of moves that you have to look at and see if they really would fit. So, and that becomes a question of whether that's a good idea. Boise may even move over to the uh, Big 12, Pac-12. There's all kinds of rumors out there about where people are moving. The only one that doesn't like it moving is the MAC. 
Mid-American Conference. Nobody really pays attention to the MAC. You know, Ohio. They have some pretty good basketball teams, you know. Uh, but as far as football goes, eh, yeah. You know. uh, Sunbelt Sun Belt has been proven lately to be the best conference. Conference USA is kind of lacking. That's the reason why UAB wants to move. Um, but those are group of five schools. Power five football, like I said, the world has been turned on its head. And the main reason why those teams are moving is that the, the whole playoff picture is about to change. We're going from four games to eight games. And the format is crazy right now. The best teams get to sit out a week, and then they'll play, the, play whoever the winners are of the first week's game and the second week, so on and so forth. And I guess that's in a way to try to keep the uh, – I guess that's a way of them trying to keep the number of – uh, games that the players are down a wee bit, but it doesn't help the first the people who have to play that first week because they have to play through the whole championship. Some people are complaining about the whole playoff system in this way. They're saying that it's too many games. Well, I hate to say this, but it's obvious uh, uh, that is the biggest crock of BS I've ever heard in my life because if you think about it, the lower level teams actually play that game. They play 11 to 12 games. Then they play a national playoff. So FCS has a playoff that plays for a championship. Division two has a playoff that plays for championship. I think they only play ten games, and Division three only plays ten games, and they also have a playoff for national championship. Only FBS football has this hokey four game system where every year you're guaranteed Alabama's going to be in it. Maybe Clemson, may, uh, Ohio State, Michigan, some of those teams like that. They will be in it every single year, and definitely Oklahoma too. So it's like the power teams get to be in because they, they're in a limited playoff. Now, a real playoff would actually be 16 teams. And so we would go down from 16 to 8 to 4 to 2. So that means you'd have to play 1, 2, 3, 4 more games in the season. So if it was a 12-game season, that means you're playing 16 games. If you bring it down to 11... That's 15 games. Either way, you're playing in a system to me that would be fairer than the current system. And get some of these smaller teams a chance to move, you know, get into the big game, get some recognition, and play with the big boys. Even because they're on the FBS level, they're on the same level. Why not increase it to 16 teams? That's just my opinion on the playoff system. So that comes back to this the whole super conference thing. So these guys really, it may be a move to try to annex themselves from the NCAA. The big schools are trying to get their own league going, their own thing. TV deals are big. ESPN is boss, uh, so to speak. They also have networks like Fox Sports as well that they're dealing with. So when you when you look at this, it has a lot to do with TV deals of money, why people are moving. Oklahoma Texas has its own network. Oklahoma has their own network. These teams have their own work, but now they're moving to the SEC, which has its own network. And they have contracts with, uh, Big 12 has contracts with uh, Fox. SEC has contracts with the ESPN. So there's a lot of questioning going on of, of moves and things like that. And then even those team, even those pro, those stations have had their, put their two cents in on what they feel about moves. Of course these schools in the end are the ones who get to make the decision you know when those contracts are up they're not moving till 2024 so we're talking about two years from now the upheaval is coming there's nothing you can do to stop it and there's no telling who else is going to move 
like I said, it looks like Notre Dame's going to have to give up their independent status if they're trying to get in the playoffs. So they may have to move to the ACC. They also have options to get to go to the Big Ten, but it's most likely they're going to move to the ACC. Now, there are some other schools that, you know, you can say, well, you know, how does this affect them? Army, Navy, and folks like that. Not much since, you know, they do okay. They have shown themselves against some big boys in the past, uh, but it doesn't affect them much. But a team like Notre Dame that considers itself an elite-tier team, they're going to have to find their way into the playoffs. So they're probably going to have to join the conference. And most likely, they're looking at ACC. SEC says it would, that would be nice if they would join them, but that's a travel logistic issue. They're in Indiana. That's a long way from the nearest. other. The closest team next to them is Missouri, which is, you know, they're more connected to these SEC teams than anybody else. Missouri is about the limit of it for the SEC as far as going further north. Uh, The reason why Clemson and Florida State were not good choices is even though right now Clemson is a top-tier team and Florida State at times has been top-tier, the TV markets aren't big enough. See, the key word is this. What benefit do you have to join the SEC? Oklahoma and Texas have a bigger benefit. Regardless of the fact that Texas is not that great of a football program right now, but it could improve. It could become an elite powerhouse in the SEC. It will have to play an SEC brand of football, which is becoming more wide open than it has in the past. But still would have to play an SEC brand of football. That moves Auburn and Alabama to the east. Now, their biggest challenge there will be Georgia and Florida. Now, that may be huge. It may not be. But that could bring that could bring a huge challenge to them because that's about the only competition they have. And every once in a while, South Carolina's powerhouse, Tennessee, Kentucky, Vanderbilt. There's really no contest in the in the, in, in the East. Meanwhile, Missouri moves back to the West, and they will be in a teamed up with. Lo and behold, they will be teamed up with Texas A&M, Texas, Oklahoma. So we're talking about three Big 12 teams, which you can call the SEC West, which is Big 12 actually, versus the East. So that leaves LSU, a pretty powerful team over there. Uh, uh, Mississippi State from time to time, Ole Miss. They've got probably a better, that's going to be a fighting division right there. I think the East of the SEC is going to be a fight this year. Um, I mean, the West is going to be more of a fight. SEC East, uh, is that when that finally happens, when that big move happens, I don't know. Because Florida, Florida, they're okay. Uh, they're, they're, they've won several championships. Georgia's a strong team. So we'll see how that battle goes. But we're looking at Alabama and Auburn. Both of them have overcome both of those teams in their time uh, at the top. So we'll, they, they fit in nicely over there. That makes that division stronger as well. So the SEC is looking strong. ACC looks like they're not moving much. Like I said, they may get Notre Dame. They may, and they're definitely going to pick up West Virginia. So the Big Twelve is the one that's going to be looking for bodies. Big Twelve needs to fill in, so they may be going out to Cincinnati and some other ACC members like Memphis to join the Big Twelve in order to keep the Big Twelve together. But at the same time, the Big Twelve will come down slightly, but it still will be a prime, a large conference. So it would. This gives them an opportunity to get in the big in the big games as well. 
Then there's the Pac-12, which may also be looking for expansion. If everybody gets bigger, why not you get bigger? So then boys in BYU may be their t- targets on, on the list as they try to grow bigger. And it's just right now, it's a mess. It's just amazing to see what it's going to be. It's going to cause all kinds of dramas on that, on drama on that level. So let's go to this other subject. Amateur players, because of the Supreme Court ruling, will now be able to get paid. And we're already seeing deals pop up for kids who are in college or in high school. It's going to be awesome to see what happens on that next level. So, I thought about this. Because some of this stuff is getting out of hand. Let's see how do we draw the line. We got kids in high school now who are able to sell jerseys. Not just college. High school. Selling jerseys, making deals, especially on the basketball side of things. You've got kids already signing contracts at 15 years old with, with companies. You, it, it, the next level is already changing things already. Now, I've always been one who supported college players making money because college teams make tons of money off of their players, both basketball, especially basketball and football. Baseball, not so much. Uh, softball, not so much. But basketball and football are money makers at school. They make huge amounts of money. Ticket sales, booster booster money, all of that. So, you know, a school like Alabama can build huge uh, facilities at their school, $19 million facilities at their school just because of football and the revenue that it brings in. Meanwhile, the player gets a scholarship, which is great, to play at the school, uh, to get a, to get a good education and tuition, and they don't have to pay that back. That's awesome. That's great. There's nothing wrong with that. But at the same time, if the player gets hurt, there's a lot of downtime on that. Besides that, who's paying for that bill when the player gets hurt? The school doesn't pay the bill. Their parents pay the bill because it's off of their insurance. They're not employees of the school. They're 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 players. I know this personally because my parents' insurance had to cover the injuries I had while I was playing. And it was expensive. It's expensive when you go to the doctor and you need uh, uh, either you need uh, surgery or you need surgery or some kind of uh, uh, cast or anything like that. All of that costs money. Therapy, all of that costs money after you have, have had accidents. And these kids are paying that out of pocket. Now, some of them lucky up and get in the NFL. We're talking about a league with what, 750 players. That's all that's in the NFL. 750 players. And we're talking about like 250,000 college players, maybe close to a million college players. And we get all the way down to 750 people going to be in the NFL. So it's a fight just to get that. So why not go ahead while you're in college? And if your jersey is popular, if you're popular, why not make a little cash off of that? It could be good in the long run for you as a person. You may have been a better college. You may not even make it to the pros. I'm not disencouraging anyone trying to go to the pros, but what I'm saying, you may not make it to the pros, but here's an opportunity for you to make some cash that could be a foundation for you and for whatever you do for the rest of your life. Here's where I'm kind of getting kind of like, uh-oh. I'm starting to see high school kids get contracts. Especially, like I said, especially on the basketball side. That's where I'm kind of getting a little uh, leery about the whole situation because that can get out of hand. I can see it getting out of hand with contracts to kids, you know, 
just to go all the way down to Pop Warner for this superstar kid who's sprinting down the field and when he's eight years old and can beat every kid on the field, but by the time he's 12, he's already getting beat by all the other kids. I don't know. I don't know where it's going to go with that. We have to see where the college football future is going on that end. It could be chaotic. It can be good. It frees up something that I said, like I said, for a long time, the exploitation of young black men in the sport of football. They want you to play the ball. You might get injured. You might get hurt. They put You're putting your body on the line for money and dollars that are being made by, wow, these bowls, you know, they make millions of dollars because the schools have to buy the entire allotment of tickets, both teams that are in the bowl, and then they have to try to sell them. But So the bowls already made money. The, the, the stadiums already made money. The sponsors have already made their money off of this, this. Millions of dollars made up front. Some of it wasted because you might have one bowl game where only you got a hundred thousand seat stadium and only thirty thousand people show up. That really happens. But the bowls have made their money. They got the tickets paid out, and everything. Then there's the other thing: sponsorships that the schools get. Sponsorships that the school get. Money from donors that the school gets. There's billions of dollars put into football and money that's given, and all the kid gets is a scholarship. Then you still hear the horror stories about the kids saying, well, I can't buy this or I needed money for laundry. I didn't have money for laundry. All those stories kind of bother you. So, well, you got room and board and food. You got three squares a day, which is great. But then you need clothes. You need to wash your clothes. If nobody's if you can't afford to wash your clothes, there's a problem. You can't you couldn't even work before. Now that rule, all hand bets are off on that. So a person could either work or if they're popular enough they can sell get a contract and sell sell their t-shirts and all those things that's a little revenue going into their pockets and they may even can help their mom and dad at home because you know a lot of these kids come from um despairing homes they come from home i hate to say the word despairing but from from home poorer homes so these kids come from places like you know their parents are in the projects in the hood uh some of them just come from Hoboken, arkansas they live in the trailer you know, you, can, you got kids that come from different situations, but this is an opportunity for them to profit. Now, I see a lot of kids, regardless of where they come from, profiting, which is fine. I totally do not have a problem with that at the college level. At the high school level, it gets kind of ridiculous. But all bets are off now, so even they have a right to get into the game. And I'm worried about that because I'm worried about the exploitation of kids, uh, we already talking about mental health with Olympic athletes. Something else I'm going to talk about on another podcast is mental health with uh, athletes. All kinds of stress that goes into being an athlete and you're already underage. You're not even 18 or 20 years. You're not even 20 years old yet. And they're giving you a, con- a Nike contract or uh, a Lay's potato chip contract. And it's only if you're in high school, unless it's basketball, you're not nationally known. But they're giving this contract already, putting that money in your hand at a young age, putting a lot of pressure on you to perform. In the end, looking at college sports, wow. Here we are, another season's coming, and look at all the drama that's coming ahead. Man, I can't wait to see the changing landscape of college football. It's always some kind of drama in college football. So, like I said, we got Texas and Oklahoma moving, which means the other teams are probably going to move from their conferences, and we're going to see a lot of shifts coming over the next couple of years. 
And like I said, I want to get back to that. I hope to see that the smaller schools make good decisions as far as conferences that they get into. Maybe they form super conferences, Conference USA and Sunbelt work together and make a conference or ACC gets bigger. We, we shall see. Um, but opportunity should be there not only for the big school, but for the little schools to get regional contracts, not only regional contracts, but get good TV contracts as well. And I hope to see that improvement in the future. Well, that's it for today's episode of Thought You Were Woke No Speed Limit Podcast. Y'all have a wonderful day. So this being the first season of Thought You Were Woke No Speed Limit Podcast, I thought I'd do some experimenting. Um, trying to see what people like and what format people like. Uh, like I said, I will have be having a guest host come uh, soon. Uh, we will be uh, discussing some topics there as well. Not every topic I, I will discuss on Thought You Were Woke No Speed Limit podcast will be related to politics. So I thought I would just make take a few minutes to let you know that it's not always going to be about politics, but the idea here is, is thought you were woke, no speed limit podcast. So there's no limit on what we can talk about, but I want to wake you up on various topics, and various things. Um, so we will be talking about relationships. We will be talking about probably sports and the politics surrounding sports, mostly more so than the sports itself. Um, we'll be talking about other social issues on this podcast so i'd be more than happy to get your feedback about this um on one of my pages would be on uh thought you Woke no speed limit podcast on facebook or thought you Woke no speed limit on twitter please um i'd love to hear your feedback on what you think about this and i hope you have a wonderful rest of the week that is it for today's broadcast Thank you for joining this episode of Thought You Awoke No Speed Limit Podcast. We hope that you tune in tomorrow for our next exciting episode. You have a great day and please remember to share and like this podcast.